the 20th episode of Meet the Revolution. Um, a small change in format, I might say, as the dynamics of our reality are just um, uh, incredible. The speed of how things evolve in Armenia, how quickly uh, events take place, uh, just call for covering these events quickly. So today we will have a raw version of, uh, of the 20th episode. And with me today is uh, Vigen Sosikyan, uh, a talented uh, political analyst um, who follows the events in, uh, in the Armenian political uh, uh, arena uh, very closely. Bada Vigenjan, how are you? Pretty good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Welcome. A question, of course, that uh, you shouldn't ask an Armenian nowadays, right? How are you? Because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, an, uh, it's, it's an extensive and, uh, and, and hurtful answer always. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, the only reason I'm able to say good is, is because there is some hope left. Uh, so it's with hope I say good. Hope? Uh, really? Uh, that's, that's, a positive, that's not a positive note to start with. Uh, I'd love to expand on that. What, uh, what do you mean exactly? Where, where's the hope? Where, where do you see the hope? See, the, the opposite of hope is hopelessness. Uh, and and that would mean that there is no purpose to the boycott. So therefore, hope is is what gives purpose. If there is no purpose, what's left? So uh, I always, if I'm working, if I'm thinking, if I'm struggling, if I'm uh, fighting, if I'm producing, it's because of hope. Uh, so uh, while the signs aren't very hopeful, uh, the signs of the times. But if it's not for the hope, there is no more purpose for me, at least. So uh, th that's that's where I, I keep my hope uh, and how I keep my hope and why I keep my hope. Definitely. Hopelessness for me isn't, is, isn't the way either. Uh, and especially since we've started the Meet the Revolution podcast, I've had some uh, uh, very inspiring to say the least, people. We've had Aspram Karpeyan, we've had uh, Sarkis Makarchan, uh, loads, uh, Vilyan Bayramian. We ha we've had a lot of inspirational people and and people like such as yourself, Vigenjan, uh, because you people inspire me and that's uh, uh, that inspires hope as well. I do it's believe... Always, uh, the, I have to say that your uh, your guests and, and your, your program are, are inspiring to us as listeners and uh educational at the same time a true uh community service that you're doing so i just wanted to uh give you a, a second of, of of praise though you deserve much more than that <laughs> no thank you it's uh it's the guests that make uh, make the show and uh, i'm proud to have you uh, on as well um begin john your expertise i mean i've been following you for quite some time uh i agree uh, with most of the content that you put out, most of the uh, uh, analyses that you do. We do live in a um, in, in terrible times and uh, our concerns are, are huge. And right now we've, we've heard from many political figures that another capitulation agreement is imminent for uh, for a little over over a year uh, over a year now. We've uh, we've heard Ishan Sagatelian, Hanant Markarian uh, speak uh, speak about this second capitulation agreement uh, for quite some time, and uh, it it seems like it's about to materialize soon. What can we expect? 
how will our lives look like in the next few months? Well, there is, I think that there is uh, a few things to, to look at here. One is that um, Nigol Pashinyan and his team uh, are not just about agreements, are not just about words, they're not just about uh, even actions in, in how they've uh, wronged our nation. Uh, we are, because of them, capitulated. It's the agreements are are uh, just documentation of, of the fact. They have uh, taken a proud, rich, successful, uh, liberating, free country and turned it uh, in a matter of three years and particularly in a matter of the last year or so into the opposite. Uh, and and so whether they sign agreements or not, the fact is the facts. What we have on our hands already is, I would have never imagined that we would reverse course so fast uh, and 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 end up where we are so quickly, yet have so much still on the line that we need to worry about. Uh, yes, he has a meeting scheduled in a couple of days. Uh, on the 26th, uh, not sure when this will air, but <clears throat> on the 26th, he has a meeting uh, in Sochi, I believe, with uh, President Putin and uh, Aliyev. And then there is the scheduled meeting in, in uh, Brussels, I believe, on the 15th, uh, directly with Aliyev. Of course, these are formalities. Uh, we know well through various documented facts that uh, he has been colluding with uh, Aliyev for, he as in Pashinyan, for at least two years. Um, we know from his actions that he had set the course to, to, to surrender to the enemy. So um, I personally believe the negotiations are probably, if not fully, mostly done already. So when these meetings happen, I don't think that they'll be negotiating anything. Uh, I think they'll be uh, locking off on what they've previously privately and in uh, secret verbal agreements uh, discussed uh, and perhaps locking off on a few things, what those could be uh, as um, as much as he, uh, Nigol, is uh, all over the place with his lies, all over the place with his uh, contradictory state statements and uh, actions is that's how far the spectrum of what to expect can be. It could be that we come back on the 26th, 27th and learn that uh, he's demarcated our borders, uh, created new borders and signed off on, on a document that, for example, creates new borders with Armenia. As illegal as that is and unconstitutional as that is, uh, law and constitution has, have not stopped him thus far from wronging our nation and our people and our country. So very well, uh, that could happen, uh, where we come back with uh, a new new, new map, uh, which of course leads to many, many, many other questions and very, very serious uh, catastrophic implications, uh, such as how do you des design or divide a border between Armenia and Azerbaijan when there is the access to Artsakh involved? Uh, that is a serious issue here. How do we, 
how does that work? Like, how, are are they going to carve in the the passage uh, to to Artsakh into that map? Uh, the agreement signed on November 9th gives uh, the Russian troops the access and control over uh, the the connection between Armenia and Artsakh. So there is just so many different things that come into play when uh, demarcation he throws around. He's already said he's agreed upon it verbally. Again, yet another agreement that <clears throat> he's agreed. He is saying he's going to agree in writing. Um but again, done secretly. So it's, I mean, this obviously leads us into the question of how much more can the people tolerate? Uh, but I, I assume that we can get into that discussion. But how will our lives change? You asked the specific question, how, are, how will our lives change? You know, <clears throat> every life, I think, at least every Armenian life that is close or far following uh, since last year, September 27, life has changed. If for me, and I'm sure for you and for many of the audience listening, life has changed. It's it, it, it's it's not the same as it was before, at the least. Uh, and at the at at for many of us, it's a nightmare that hasn't we haven't woken up from. It just it's just couldn't it, can it get any worse? And then it gets worse. And then you think, can it get any worse than this? And then another thing happens, and then another attack happens. And then he gets somehow, I mean, I know how, with fraudulent theft, uh, you know, stealing elections, he gets reelected. Uh, and then it gets worse again. And then he says, you know, now it's now the guy who reported peace through his election. Um, we hear of, of, of deaths time and time again. POW, POW counts growing repeatedly. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's just a nightmare that hasn't ended. It makes me think that imagine those who are experiencing the losses firsthand, the family members, the children, the brothers, the, the fathers that are being lost in this game, I, I mean, game or, or treason or um, pursuing the enemy's agenda more than your own. I don't know what to call it, but life has already changed and continues to change so long as the bleeding hasn't stopped. And the bleeding, I'm referring to national bleeding. The, the, Arm, the entire Armenian nation is bleeding. Uh, and I can substantiate that if, if, if there is concern as to, no, it's not the Armenian nation, it's, it's just, you know, it's a Sunik, or it's just Artsakh. Uh, we can talk about that too. But life it will not go back to normal so long, or even it won't go back to normal so long as we don't have, at minimum, what we liberated uh, 25 or so years ago. But life will not go back to normal even close to normal, as long as Nigol is continuing to deteriorate our country. Well, it definitely seems like that. What you said was um, is interesting because right now the opposition within Parliament um, is trying to get their vice chairman of the uh, commission of the committee for uh, the defense committee. They're uh, trying to re-elect. Uh, they're trying to elect a, a vice president for it, a vice chairman, which was supposed to be uh, Ghazinyan. And the reason why I'm saying this uh, is because. A lot of people in Armenia, especially my friends, keep on saying, like, um, then, you know, why? Why don't you guys finally get on with it to have this committee start working? And then I realized that everything these people do, everything this uh, administration has done so far, has been in the line of treason or in the line of destruction or deterioration. Actually, the best thing that you can do is uh, obstruct 
every action, obstruct every piece of policy that they have, because it has no use working with the greatest traitor in Armenian history. It doesn't, uh, all you have to do is obstruct. This is, uh, this is the only thing as far as, uh, as far as the uh, uh, political side of the, uh, uh, of the opposition uh, that they should do. Um, in, in, in the field, Right now, the um, the protests are, uh, are picking up. And um, what do you, what is your assessment of of, of the uh, how, how will the opposition eventually react to this uh, this treason again? First of all, um, the opposition, which is in parliament, made up of uh, the Hayastan Tashink and the Badibunem bloc, uh, essentially, which is uh, the ARF. Uh, the the Renaissance uh, or the Rebirth uh, Party of Sunik and uh, Kocharyan being the Hayastan Tashink and then the Hehege uh, being the main Imbadiv uh, block. These these uh, groups together as two parliamentary uh, opposition forces, I think, have a role to play <clears throat> in the parliament. I'm not one of those who think that at this particular moment, I'm not saying in the future that moment may not arrive, but at this particular moment, I don't think it is better for them and for the country and for uh, our national cause here <clears throat> for them to put down their mandates. I know I wanted to mention that because that is a discussion that some uh, do engage in. I think that uh, there could be a time or, or, or an opportunity to put it down, but the big question is, Will will the the effort to stop the bleeding gain something by them putting the, their their mandates away and and resigning, or uh, will it not? So if it doesn't gain, uh, there are still certain ledzogs that are and and avenues that are being utilized uh, in uh, parliament and parliamentary committees and commissions, which do serve a purpose better than not having that at all. So I want to I want to say that like for example the whole the uh, the all Armenian fund then the whole hundred million dollars being essentially stolen from the government uh, from the the organization uh, there is a commission set up for that there that's gonna there's uh, gonna be some discussion on that coming up so there are some some benefits to having the the opposition there if nothing it it it, it it's an avenue for the opposition to reach to the masses. Uh, through its work and through the media, uh, uh, an, an access that they wouldn't have to the public there in Armenia otherwise. Uh, so, or they wouldn't have an equal uh, bandwidth, let's let's say, uh, by being outside the parliament. So that's that's one. Then there is the whole uh, what they call their Pogotsain Baikar, uh, and uh, the ARF at least has made it clear on on way before the elections that. Uh, the parliamentary uh, run uh, is was to remove the Pashinyan administration from power. Um, however, that does not stop or um, hinder the the extra parliamentary uh, work and and protests and street actions. Uh, they did die down for several months, uh, and I too would have wanted to see uh, more street action. However, we can't just look at street action as fun, you know, things to watch as, as you know, protests unfold on the street and 
and it has to be uh, the street action has to be part and parcel to a greater strategy. One, two, there has to be momentum. There has to be buildup. There has to be desire from the people. Uh, I believe, for example, the 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 sense of hopelessness and helplessness. In fact, it goes beyond hopelessness and helplessness. It goes to the feeling of being and feeling broken, not just by those who lost loved ones, but being broken as 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 a human being. Uh, but also as a nation, Pashinyan, I believe, also in addition to breaking our um, rich history and giving away uh, 75% of Artsakh and the loss of lives and the POWs, I think he was very methodic, methodical uh, in breaking the spirit of, of the Armenian population so much that they will not stand stand up and and raise a raise a uh, a fist against him and take him out of office i think he knew what he was doing in in his uh crushing the armenian spirit so <clears throat> i think that had a major factor to play and i believe that post uh november 9th uh it's given that a year passed after the war and a year after the the announcement uh, the trilateral announcement People, it seems, have there, at least on the ground, have come to that point where they're ready to take the next step. Uh, and uh, as we're seeing in the last few days, the protests are not party-driven. Uh, mm -hmm. there, uh, there is no party flags that you're seeing. There is no uh, familiar party faces uh, and Gusak Tsagan faces there. Uh, as much as it's very clear, both in action and in uh, explicit um, statements, that the ARF is is in support uh, of the movements that we're seeing this last week. Uh, the ARF is uh, encouraging and co cooperating with them, and also <clears throat> is um, as they've made a they've circulated announcement that they're uh, recruiting activists, and you can go to a number of offices and. Um, sign up and join their street action teams or whatever they call them. So there is a movement that's starting. However, if the intent is to remove uh, Pashinyan from office using both parliamentary and street action, it needs to clearly beef up significantly. Um, so the way he came in is the way, uh, if, if we're using these two methods, uh, is the way he's he's got to go out. And I was happy to see yesterday, or this morning, I think, their time, <clears throat> the subway is being stopped in Yerevan. And I believe it was the third night now that I was uh, seeing uh, walks and marches and, and protests, each one greater than the one before. Um, so th those are inspiring me to have a little bit of hope that this movement can grow, that... Um, People are now seeing that this is not a Gusak Tsagan Baikar, but as uh, the ARF uh, Armenia chairman announced, uh, Ishkhan Salatelian, it's it's the it's it's a movement of all those and support to all those who uh, are pursuing healthy and sincere uh, pro-Armenian uh, agendas, with the purpose of beginning with the purpose of removing uh, the Pashinyan administration from power. So. Um, I mean, what's 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 next is the will of the people. Uh, the people have to understand 
And we all, everybody in the diaspora, I think all of us need to understand that there is more to this than me. There is more than I in this. Uh, the person who's uh, going to uh, feel the pain of their income increasing, let's say, 5%, while expenses and inflation uh, are potentially going to be triple, quadruple, even more than that uh, in the coming years at this rate. Uh, they're not just going to feel it themselves. They're not going to just have a challenge of feeding their family. Um, they're going. It's going to be a national. It's we're all going to feel that. It's it's like I was talking the other day to to a friend or or someone I met recently in in Hayastan, um, and they were saying that of zanotunim yergiretz kelugnai Igor. I mean, it's 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 because there is no hope there. So yergiretz kelov luzumche. Uh, at the end, when when we people leave the country uh, because of the, the hardship and the broken spirit and whatnot, that means they have to start a new life somewhere else. That's not easy either. So it's a, it's a lose-lose situation, but it's a win-win situation if we can all understand that there is more than me in this equation. There is more than my wallet. There is more than my income. There is more than my reputation. There is more than... Uh, my uh, backtracking on I, I support Nigol up until you know even past a few weeks ago people were still saying you know and, and hey, he saved lives you know that whole uh, it's I, I mean it's 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 absurd to me to think that he did anything good uh, but people were actually uh, even have this thing that they don't want to speak up against him because they supported him all along but it's not about you it's not about me all of us have to think collectively and that that's that's the only way if we coll think collectively we will be willing to go beyond our own self in our uh, decision making process so when a time com time comes to write about it talk about it fight about it uh, protest about it do acts of civil disobedience about it all of that will resonate and reflect in uh, in in action if you start thinking collectively versus uh, individually no 100 percent the uh, nicole's movement uh, nicole came to power by means of individualist values the, the, this this entire so-called revolution that he instigated it was a revolution uh about uh about the about the you or the me the the ego it was it wasn't about uh, nationalist values. It wasn't about national values. It nowhere in his movement. It was a. Uh, it was a. Um, uh, it, it, nowhere in his movement he he mentioned these values of collectivism of a, uh, of, a of a future of a good army. It was about you not living good because there were certain people in power. You are. You are. Uh, you live. Uh, poor, you're poor because you have Artach. Uh, th this is the, um, let's say, the, 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 the essence of his entire movement. It, it was all about the individual. I very much agree with you when you say that uh, uh, you have to um, forget about the, about, about the ego. It's, it's, it's time to uh, you know, sacrifice uh, your, your own uh, self-interest. It's about now, self-sacrifice. It's every Armenian in the world who cares a, at least a little needs to give something 
because if we eventually want to get out of this, we have to uh, uh, take a part of, uh, of, of of this burden collectively. This this is a collective burden that we need to heal from uh, with, by each and every individual. So I very much agree with you. Um, you know, you know something. Uh, you know, you know. It's it's it goes even. It's that plus plus and then some. See, there there is. It's 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 not so much sacrifice uh, yourself for the greater collective. It's more like do a very short term pain in exchange for a long term gain, uh, where you will as a part of the collective. If the collective gains, you will you are part of that collective. So if by striking from your job for a few weeks or not going to class and boycotting your, your school, and uh, I'm talking to those in Yerevan or in Hayastan, or the, risking these type of things on a short-term basis, uh, potentially losing a job, potentially going against your oligarch employer and walking out or, or whatever the case is, those short-term uh, pains will yield long-term gains when when when, when you don't have to yeah when you don't have to leave the country for example right for yeah and start a brand new life i mean just exactly. imagine i mean we're all immigrants as well at one point uh it's 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 a very hard process and here i have to say that nigol uh he 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 is he has been taught trained or or learned or or whatnot he and his team members certain things that have worked for him See, what he did is he tainted the past leadership with such uh, extreme levels of lies, uh, or uh, he, he grew, like the, the most simplest wrong that the past leaders did, he made it seem like it's, it's the world's biggest uh, sin, and it's c catastrophic for our uh, entire country, and it's all because of them that uh, the entire, every single thing that is wrong in Armenia and in every Armenian lives is because of your past uh, two, three presidents, but of course he always named two, uh, Kocharyan and Sarkisyan, and and that by voting for him, is he is going to come and save us from every every bad, and people, he knew that people would welcome that. It's such an easy sell. See, if you're, it's such an easy thing to sell when you package it like that. And he packaged it like that and the people bought it. And I remember thinking three years ago when he was just coming into power, even during his uh, marches, when he said, That should have been already a red flag. But it, because people were so infatuated by what he was selling, they forgot the product that they're buying. And they didn't examine and analyze what they're getting themselves into. And because they had so much blind faith and they looked at him as the, the white knight that's going to save from everything, they trusted him. And they trusted him. And when he started doing the constitutional court takeover attempts, they trusted him. When he ruined the education system, they trusted him. When he entered the war, they trusted him. When he negotiated before the war, they trusted him. Even afterwards, some people still trust him. You know, and and people need to at, at once and for all understand that no individual, not me, not you, not any one person is going to come and save you from anything. If you're going to get behind anything, and I say this all the time, if there is going to be any unity, it better not be around a person. 
you, you, everybody must unify around ideologies, uh, principles, morals, uh, goals, the nation, the collective. And when you think in that terms, you're also thinking of yourself. Of course, of course. Uh, that's in if you are a person that mostly cares about its um, even the very superficial things like prosperity, even the the most easy things to talk about when um, when you don't uh, when you don't care about the long term benefits of of um, of, of security or uh, longevity of your national identity, even even if you're uh, solely about these short term goals that you uh, aspire, right? Even in that respect, he has failed miserably, and I and I agree completely, um, because as a uh, as, as a person that somewhat understands the uh, economic side of uh, of things, I can't name one policy that has been that felt thought through well. You know, uh, I can't think of one aspect or one policy that he has uh, proposed that would eventually, I don't know, uh, benefit the country in one way or another. It has been a constant uh, decline of everything. And I'm not even talking about these uh, larger ideologies or the values which we absolutely need right now to survive. I'm even I'm just talking about how anyone, any person should just open uh, their uh, uh, the fridge and see if the contents have either uh, increased or decreased. We all know how uh, how how we are going to be much worse off. And 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 uh, a good friend of mine always always uh, stresses this. Armenia in the in the winter during winter is a complete diff completely different country. Armenia in the winter is a uh, it's 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 a bit more difficult to live in, which is why also the protests always start in spring and uh, you know the uh, general um, uh, dismay of the people starts in, in during spring because because you generally have uh, a harsh winter. And especially with gas prices now, I mean, even in Holland, <laughs> we, the, those are through the roof. Right. Um, it's going to be a difficult one. And I hope that after this winter, not as many people as will, uh, uh, will leave the country uh, and they will start you know, struggling for a better Armenia because a better Armenia isn't. Remember when they were saying Togashkati, let let him work for another uh, five years because those people, you know, they destroyed the country for thirty years. Now let him at least work for five years, four years in, right? But I know that a country, you you can show that you're you're on the right path within six months. So we need six months to show the people that we can be better or we can improve. So, I mean, there's always hope. There's always something to go with. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, you, you mentioned how, uh, how eloquently Pashinyan has uh, lied to the entire population, has uh, manipulated and, and, and cheated his way uh, through revolutions and, and elections, right? Uh, but what's his game plan eventually? 
he rotates people in high positions. Um, Suren Papikian right now uh, as the new defense minister. We've had four def- defense ministers in, in, in three years. Uh, and we're a country in, in, in war. So with every change we see, it feels like we are creating a, a, a new ge- geopolitical reality. But how big is Pashinyan's operation? What's his game plan? Interesting. Um, I think his he is pursuing one agenda, one overall main agenda. And everything that you're seeing is uh, fulfills and has its role in, in that agenda. That agenda, some people say, uh, uh, ideology chuni. Uh, but I don't think it's it's what what you and I know as 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 Armenian ideology. Uh, I think his ideology is actually uh, written. He's written it himself uh, in his articles and in his book. Uh, he's uh, pronounced it himself with his own mouth. Uh, it's it's totally and it, it and and whether it was globalist, uh, internationalist all along, or whether he found a way to merge them and marry them into one. But his is uh, clear. Is uh, secondary to the self. And for uh, the self being a part of the world's community. He keeps on talking about Hamash Kharain, Michaskain, international, uh, global, these words, he keeps using them. Um, he's used them years ago uh, when he was in parliament and even before that when he was a failed journalist um, and thereafter, and even now in his most recent uh, press conference with no press in the room, I think it was yesterday, he is always talking about us being a part of the global community. and. While uh, if it was that simple, there may not be there may not be uh, an issue with that. But when uh, to join the global community, you're willing to uh, succumb and and fall to your knees um, while not considering and 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 and, and viewing yourself on your knees, uh, so you can achieve that and 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 put the country on this reverse course it's that's that's the agenda he's his his ideology is uh they're secondary to a good life as a part of the world community and that's what he's pursuing so when you see four defense ministers changing it's it's not only you know unusual unheard of bizarre it's it's crazy. It's it's more. It's I can't. There isn't even a word to describe what ridiculousness that is. And it's not just the defense minister. He does the same with all his staff. Uh, all all his uh, his people are rotated. It's like because if you're not fulfilling his ideology the way he wants, you're out. Uh, you don't. You're not needed anymore because he is on a path. You know, some say that he's gotten I don't know a bribe, five billion dollars. That I think all that is is cherry on top. I don't think uh, he was a good guy. Suddenly they gave him a $5 billion envelope uh, and then now he's good. Now he's bad. Uh, it's more like he was bad all along. Uh, 
uh, he was he had ill intentions all along. He's written it himself. Horera Hansning, I'm quoting him. I'm quoting him. Uh, uh, I'm quoting his words. So there isn't uh, much room to argue with what I'm saying that he's he's anti-Armenian essentially. Uh, not our uh, individual Armenians as persons and individuals, but as Armenian as we know, Armenia, homeland, nation, Angahutun, uh, Azadutun, one day Miatsial Hayastan, Aremedian Hayastan, Nahichevan Javak, Artsakh Aspanera, these mean nothing to this guy next to being part of the global community per his own statements. It's crazy to me, but then what ideology is. Can you explain to me what it means when, when, when um, days ago we've suffered new losses? We've we have to bury new soldiers. We have new skirmishes on the border. Uh, the war uh, almost fled up again, and at the same time, this man in the interview that you mentioned, he sits there and and talks about how right we have this very bad situation, but we need to open communications. I, I'm not a globalist, I'm not an internationalist, but that's, that's not it either. What is this madness? I can't place this in any ideology. It, it, it feels like uh, uh, this man is <laughs> he's taking revenge on the Armenian people for something. It doesn't look like any ideology to me when someone says, we are going to give them whatever they want, even though they are killing us right now at the border. How do we explain yeah, it's, this? It's it's that it's it's for him. Like I'll use an example because he hasn't gone into this much specific, but I'll I'll use an example. For example, uh, Armenia without Artsakh, Armenia without Sunik, but an Armenia in his opinion that has like highways running through it left and right. Even I mean, I'm using just like hypothetical, uh, even bad examples, but look at it in this way, where it's uh, Azerbaijan and Turkey are and Armenia are essentially one. The, the Turkish companies are setting up shop in, in Armenia and taking over the economy. Yes, they give tax dollars. So he has also said that prosperity is part of the uh, the goal. So. Yeah, I, I think his ideology is Yegrortagane Ask. It's the the country, the homeland, the the nation, uh, our demands, our history, our our uh, our haitad is all secondary to the future, uh, and that future does not necessarily need to have a Western Armenia or an Artsakh, uh, or even part of Armenia, as long as Armenians uh, are living well off and they're happy there that's life is good and that's not so hard to convince at least some of the population on some armenians on it's not i don't think that's very hard for people to say yeah you know what why should we have uh, enemies and worry about wars and 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 have this struggle you know what happened in a hundred years ago happened and now you know it's it's done with bosonian armenia you know what that's not happening so far and let's just let's just live Let's be happy. Let's like let's live in Armenia the way we live in the U.S. or in Europe. Uh, let's have that opportunity. So I don't think that it's 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 uh, easy to convince. It's it's difficult for some people, at least Ar Armenians, to be convinced of this what I call ideology. Now, 
it's it's it is bizarre it is crazy the things he says that the way he thinks and how literally he'll cause deaths on the front line to fulfill this i see can the fact is that they came in may they took over land without any uh resistance they did it again this last week uh again i mean there, there was resistance but we saw a lot of pow's which also indicate uh not you know not a full resistance at least he has said himself that he has ordered troops in Tunic to withdraw um which means when you withdraw troops the enemy troops take the posts that you left and now you basically created already demarcated by default a de facto new border so it's he's proving that the borders don't matter to him i mean it's it, it's like he's it's literally laughing in our face he's telling us that the borders are secondary to me um and he's also saying that uh, i'll negotiate and i'll become friends with turkey uh and 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 establish relations without preconditions so on all fronts he's executing on the ideology that i mentioned um and some people may not have uh maybe his uh, solid voter base which maximum is 25 30% if you ask me the other 20% he he got by uh, abusing government resources cheating you know cutting electricity in major uh cities throughout the the election count so but he has a certain support base that doesn't disagree and there are numerous numerous interviews that that exist online of citizens saying what i'm saying uh that they don't care uh that that you know shushin hayagan che people actually say that people say arsakh you know azerbaijani masagazmi so it's easy to sell people on on what he's doing um and it's it's worked and it's working and until the people rise up in mass and say you know what you know you're also going to give away my my land but my home but you know what what is what's funny is if if this type of uh deal making was happening with almost any other country other than turkey and azerbaijan it may have been limited to the damage that we are seeing but this guy is dealing with the our taravor enemy and he's making deals with the guys who are on uh, not only on unapologetic but defend their uh genocidal actions and continue them to this day so what the missing point here is that people are missing is even if they're willing to give up artsakh even if they're somehow willing to give up sunik and and if they don't understand that by giving up sunik you didn't just give up sunik you just you just gave up you just made yourself an island amongst your enemies but regardless of that if they don't have a problem with all that they don't have a problem with new borders do they not realize that turkey and azerbaijan both want to see you annihilated <laughs> like that means they're going to come into and and deliver on their 100 plus year old pan turkish uh, goals now or next you know if they don't do it now they'll do it in next year or the year after so what's to say that azerbaijan isn't going to stop at uh let's say sisian let what's to say that he's he's going to stop at um uh, any other city if you let him get into sisian he's going to get into the next city and then to the next city and i mean that's how you're you're handing it to them so why wouldn't they take it so i think that's the missing piece that some people who are even subscribing to his quote unquote ideology are missing that there's it's suicide the entire armenia will be wiped off the map uh, if we lose sunik and artsakh i i'm convinced of that it'll only be a matter of time <laughs>
history history has shown that already right i mean when we were saying like years ago uh, that the, the loss of artakh will change the entire geopolitical reality of not just armenia uh, russia turkey and, and and iran and azerbaijan but for the for the entire world for the entire larger than the region it ha- and it has proven uh, to do so. Uh, new alliances have been made, new uh, uh, ways of working. It's, uh, it has been massive. This loss of Artakh has, create, has shifted the entire uh, region into, into, new, into new positions. And right now, Armenia seems to not be able to uh, create leverage in any kind of way, which is why we, we have to uh, because the only way that we can gain leverage again is with new leadership. With new leadership needs to uh, needs to come. Uh, things have to change. It's the only way. If if we keep on uh, dealing the same way with Russia uh, as our strategic uh, ally, uh, the the partnership will get will grow worse. Same with Iran. When we opened an, an embassy in uh, in Israel, that was a direct hit to Iran. Um, and this new negotiations with with Turkey without any preconditions these are all new things that have destroyed our our um, our foreign foreign uh, apparatus it, it's it's new it's and we don't know how to uh, how to maneuver through these new uh, challenges the only way to get back and to create leverage is by changing the internal politics and to regain trust with many of these allies or negotiate new and better terms. You're right in that, um, but this it's a two-phase thing, what you just mentioned. One is we need to stop the bleeding. So it, before we, and, and, and I wanted to, to mention this because basically uh, even calls that I make now for Nigo to resign today, yesterday, will result in somebody out there saying, okay, fine, Nigo's got to go, but replaced with who? And that question is literally an almost question to ask. And I wanna mention this because when your country is, is literally slipping through your fingers every single day, when we don't know what we're gonna wake up to the day after the 26th and see what he's done again, and then on the 15th and then we don't know what we went to sleep one night we woke up the next day we heard there's 15 then one then six dead armenian soldiers in sunik and 20 24 15 i don't know what because they don't obviously give you the truth um pow's and i don't know how many wounded and we've lost 40 kilometers of uh, square kilometers of land we're losing our country daily you need we all need to stop the bleeding that's priority one change of leadership who will take over next is secondary at this point anybody anybody other than the the head trader of our historical uh, uh reality nigol is better than nigol anybody and and I, I say that because we have to understand that i don't want to go to corrupt i don't want a leadership i don't want corruption we don't nobody wants to have the bad come back i want new faces i want new leaders that's all good when your country is not falling apart day by day if it is we need to stop the bleeding 
We need to remove him from the opportunity to uh, to have meetings and negotiations by taking him out of office now. He shouldn't be meeting with Aliyev. He shouldn't be answering phone calls from other countries' presidents. He shouldn't be having uh, negotiations with Putin. And he, he's harmful. I mean, we need to stop that. And put that. And by him getting out of office, it would put a pause on everything that he's colluding to do. So that's that's the priority right now. It's to stop it. Thereafter, once we stop it, the military leaders can can uh, do their job better. They don't have to deal with this guy giving uh, treasonous commands. They could protect the country. We can figure out then the parliament can use its laws to put in a new prime minister, whatever it is. But right now we need to stop the bleeding. So I wanted to say that to address the, the questions I get often that who should come next? Well, who should come next is not is not to be thought about now. Is my point? We, like today, he needs to be removed from office. That's one hell of a job, uh, <laughs> but I believe that we are that we're up to it. I believe that if uh, there's a people um, that are inspiring enough, or uh, a people that are uh, that would be able to uh, accomplish the impossible. That will be the Armenians. I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, Absolutely. Vijay, <laughs> I want to uh, I want to thank you for uh, for your time. It, uh, it has uh, certainly be, uh, been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll uh, uh, hope to see you again very soon. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good fight, and um, let's uh, head for a better Armenia. Absolutely. Thank you as well. Uh, you, you do an important role. And play an important job in in raising awareness and and spreading uh, important uh, information to to the diaspora and to to those in Armenia. And thank you for having me on. Thanks, mate. Have a great evening. Meet the Revolution podcast at Zaina Gervum Yev Montajume Haikakan podcast.ai Michotov. Yet to Kelekuzum and Tivorakov Z podcast near Zaina Girl Yev Montajel. Ampaiman Itelek www.podcast.ai Kaikeja.